0: Hurt me to your Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym. And what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality with me. However, as you can probably hear in my voice, um, you don't you don't want to hear this this um, sick the sickness. You don't want to hear my illness for an hour. So don't worry. Um, you're not going to, uh, basically I canceled my podcast episode, my recording like last week. And then it just got canceled again. Um, one, one due to my losing my voice. Um, and one due to, uh, a technical issue actually on the guest end. But anyways, um, all that culminated, com, all that come, com, wow, <laughs> I just keep saying the word come. All that culminated, that can't be the way that's said. Anyways, um, into <laughs> me not having an episode for this week but you know what I'm due for a Patreon preview anyways so I was looking back in my Patreon episodes and this time I thought I would release one of my classes so um, this one is my Dirty Talk 101 class so on the Patreon Um, I do solo episodes, uh, and they can look a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's like a a half hour recap of a class I just taught. Sometimes I'm talking about the professional sessions that I do. Sometimes I'm talking about some personal stuff in my life. Um, And it's all just me chatting for a half hour. So I uh, have done a Patreon preview in the past. And it's usually like, um, you know, one about my professional kind of life and and my clients and my sessions but i don't think i have released on the main pod one of my half hour recaps of a class so i noticed this one i went way over a half hour (laughs) recap though so it actually is almost a full episode timing i think it's like 50 minutes so you're welcome i hope you enjoy this uh, Patreon preview of my Dirty Talk 101 class. And I will see you next week. Hopefully, my boi- voice will sound way better. Okay, bye. Hello, hi everyone, and welcome to Patreon episode 119. I have been doing a lot of teaching, a lot of teaching lately. And I thought I would do yet another half-hour recap of one of my kinky workshops um, that I teach through Ritual Chamber on an online platform. They're usually about two hours long, but I'm going to squeeze, I'm going to squeeze it, baby, into a half-hour for you. Usually, if you're taking them in person, then there'll be a lot of interaction, some discussion questions. Um... That it's more of like a conversation and a skill share is happening. Um, But this is just the meat. Also, my dishwasher is on. Sorry. So this is Dirty Talk 101. Okay. I'm teaching it tonight, like on the day of this recording. I'm teaching it tonight and I just finished it. I just finished writing it. Cutting a little close. Uh, <laughs> so this class is for folks of all orientations and genders and all kinky identities, people who don't know what to say in sexy scenarios, people who want to up their dirty talking game, people who want their partner to start dirty talking with them a bit more, or they have had that request to start dirty talking. Or, you know, some folks just take these classes because they simply want to learn more kinky or sexy skills, and we love that as well. You know, the first question I always ask in the class is usually like, what's everyone's skill level? Do you have a kinky identity? Where do you identify on this spectrum, on the slash? And what are you looking to learn in this class? Because I want to make sure I cover it. So this section is called A Bit About My Dirty Talking Journey. So I've always been reasonably good with public speaking, you know, even performing in front of rooms full of people from when I was quite young. Either doing fully scripted plays or doing a well-researched presentation, I always felt fairly confident. It was only when I started doing hosting gigs, actually the bedpost show hosting, I found that difficult um, because it required me to be myself. And along the same lines around that time I'd have like speaking requests that were kind of looser in format and I was even being asked to do some comedic improvising sets Um, and I started to struggle a lot with all of those. I found the same thing in the bedroom. If I didn't have any information on what the other person really enjoyed I completely floundered. Unless you happen to be really gifted at thinking on the fly, which is not the majority of us, we need a bit of support or structure in in place. So often we think of public speaking or being a good conversationalist, improvising, or yes, even dirty talking as something people either have naturally or they don't. When in reality, they are skills that need to be learned, practiced before they become habitualized. When we see the results of hundreds of hours of experience in a soft social skill, uh, we don't as realize, you know, the work that went into it, and we therefore assume we should be able to pick it up with ease like we assume that they did. Along with a lack of confidence or experience or skills, since we are talking about dirty talk, you know, this worry comes in that we uh, can ruin the mood by saying the wrong thing or take them out of the scene or what's even worse, harming our scene partner with our language. So today we're going to talk about all the ways we can build confidence, learn some dirty talking tips and tools, and employ harm reduction along the way. Sometimes, some questions that are aimed at sharing our experiences surrounding dirty talk, both good and bad, can open up the door to talking about the specifics of what we want and what we don't want to say or hear. Questions like... Have you ever worried about saying the wrong thing in the bedroom? How did you push past this worry? So not only is my dishwasher on, but there's police circling my condo apparently. Um, Have you ever sensed that your partner was struggling with dirty talk? How did you support them? Has a partner ever done some dirty talk that you really loved? How did you let them know? Have you ever had a big positive reaction to your dirty talk? And what did that look like? So this section is called, why do people like dirty talk? So sometimes when we get a request to dirty talk in a relationship or partnership, we sometimes, you know, don't really understand why it's necessary for us, perhaps, maybe the physical activities are what's motivating us and what's most interesting or how we feel Uh, is the most important thing in the bedroom. Because this is true for lots of people that come into kink, just for the physical sensations. But for more still, kink and sex is about so much more. So I'm going to take you through a few points. Power dynamics. These are a big one, especially in kink, obviously. Someone being in control and someone giving up control. One person taking care of another and the other feeling taken care of. One person telling the other, or forcing, in quotes, the other to do a thing, and the other person doing it. Someone worshiping or serving, and the other being served. One person guiding and teaching, and the other learning. One person using the other for their own personal enjoyment or amusement, the other being used. So how do we establish these roles? Lots of ways through posture, perhaps a creative scene premise, the topping and bottoming of activities might dictate it, costume perhaps. And because it's a class about dirty talk, the use of our words. So the way we speak to each other in a kink scene or during sex has the power to enhance activities, engage our imagination, access our emotions, encourage us to let go, help us go deeper, help us visualize, or allow us to play. Intentionality of a scene is another reason people might enjoy or desire dirty talk. It might be a pathway to get them where they want to go. Perhaps someone is an overthinker, and they want to turn off their brain for a bit. Maybe someone always plays the caregiver role in their life, and they want to be taken care of for once. Or they struggle with handing over control and want to work on trust and letting go. Maybe they're a rule follower and want to want a container to act out. So when we think of intention, we think of these questions. Are we looking to accomplish anything today? Do we have goals for the scene? Do we want to experience anything specific? Why do we want to do this kink scene? What do we want to feel? What do we want to take away from it? And how is this connected to your life? The third one I have written down is role play. So dirty talk helps paint the picture of whatever narrative is going on in our heads when we engage in these activities, sexy or kinky activities perhaps there's a premise or a story happening um, or we're two people in a certain situation that you're picturing and in this moment you want something from me or need something from me perhaps the why is also important dirty talk bridges the gap between fantasy and reality sometimes our bodies can't do everything we want them to and everything we picture them doing in our imaginations or seeing other people doing in videos so Dirty talk encourages our suspension of disbelief, allowing us to drop into these roles and situations or head spaces and have them feel more authentic. Does anyone here sometimes have a narrative in their heads when they engage in sexy activities, even when nothing is being said? Well, what if they said it? So this next part is called negotiation. With dirty talk, it's really common to not know what to say and also not want to say the wrong thing, especially with new partners. But the best way to achieve both these things is actually so simple. You ask. Of course you can't feel confident doing something you don't know how to do, right? And you'll never know for sure what the other person wants to hear unless you ask them. Then you can feel confident that the things you are saying are being received well. Here are some general questions to ask, to get the ball rolling. What do you like about dirty talk? What's the intention or energy of the dirty talk? How do you want to feel? Do you have a play name or pet name that you like to use? Are there other things you like to be called? Are there phrases or words that you like to hear? I'll remind you that just because you negotiate, it doesn't mean that you are, that you're dominant that giving your dominance, sorry, this information, somehow undermines their dominance. Once the scene begins, when these names or phrases will be used, and how they will be said will be completely up to the dominant, or whoever's speaking. Perhaps they'll make you beg for it, or they'll deny you of it, or they'll save it up for when they decide you've truly earned it. The first question Okay, what's the intention or motivation can be really key in helping you zero in on something that works, or uh, it will also allow you to improvise a bit, especially if they aren't being transparent about exactly what names or phrases they enjoy. For instance, let's think of as many dirty talking phrases for someone that wants to be encouraged through their suffering. My list is good pet, good girl, or good boy. Just saying the phrase, that's it, or just a bit longer, or hold on for me, or you're doing such a good job. Which leads us to, what if they don't know what dirty talk they like? This is really common. Sometimes a kinky activity is new to one or both of you, and you don't always have the answers to the above questions. Or you're just having trouble putting your desires into words. That's okay. In fact, it's really important safety-wise to let your partner know if an activity is new to you. So there are several ways you can explore together to find out what you really like. The first can happen during negotiation. A trick is asking multiple choice questions rather than yes or no ones or open-ended questions. So we'll use the same questions as before, but give your seed and partner a couple options this time to pick from. Taking this part slowly can also be to your advantage, to give them a moment to feel how hearing these names, words, and phrases feel in their body. So what's the intention or energy of the dirty talk? How do you want to feel? Do you want to feel objectified, used, useful, or taken care of, special, cherished, or pushed, tested. The next question, do you have a play name or pet name that you use? For instance, a name that validates your gender. Something like baby, honey, sweetie, darling, precious. Or maybe a name you've used in the past for kinky play or a play identity that we can make a name from. The next question was, are there other things you like to be called that aren't names? Like slut, fuck toy, sex doll, or deviant, pervert, freak, or messy, sloppy, melty? Are there phrases or words that you like to hear? Maybe you like to hear, just relax for me. Let me do this to you. It'll be easier if you don't struggle. Or maybe you look so helpless. You feel you must feel so vulnerable. You're really stuck, aren't you? Or I know it's intense. I see that. Just a little bit more for me. So I wrote this um this next tiny little section here. Uh after I had already printed it out. I was like, I'm done the class. And then I was like, oh shit. Um, at this point, I thought it might be a good thing to point out. Um, well, this section is called fantasy versus reality. And I have terrible handwriting right now. Um, so we'll see if I can even read it. So I wrote, <laughs> I hand wrote, it might be a smart idea to talk about what dirty talk concerns, what we're doing in the physical space and what dirty talk is purely fantastical. So, for example, like, are there things you want to talk about, but not actually do physically? Is there an intensity discrepancy, perhaps? Like, with the dirty talk, you want it to feel like you're taking the biggest dick in the world. But physically, realistically, you can't or don't want to actually do large insertions. And back on track. Okay. This section is called, What if you like more than one intention? So sometimes you might want a blend of intentions. It's okay to get really specific with your dirty talk. And in fact, the more information you can give your partner, the better they can deliver the nuance you require. For example, some folks want to be objectified, that's one intention, but cherished, that's another intention, at the same time. This could look like using objectifying terms, but in a romantic way or sweet tone of voice like being called my favorite little sex toy or cooing in their ear that they're a good little slut. This particular mix of intentions can allow both of you to release like negative connotations of traditionally taboo words like slut. So think about why you're drawn to certain names, words, or phrases. Talk with your partner about why you like them and what parts of them don't resonate to you. Making specific modifications to your dirty talk can only lead to more satisfaction. So as an exercise, let's think of two different intentions and try to think of some scenarios or dirty talk that would fit. So my first one is embarrassed but encouraged. So my three little ideas are commenting on how cute they look when they, when they blush the second one is, ah, you look so embarrassed. That doesn't mean you get to stop. My third one is, I love to hear your shy little squeals and whimpers. So my third uh, blend of intentions is ignored but teased. So perhaps you know the dominant is talking on the phone with a friend while the submissive or the bottom is tied up in the same room or just in the next room overhearing. And um, maybe the dominant is using the sub or the bottom's favorite words throughout the conversation. Maybe um, the dominant finds a porn that the submissive likes and watches it out of view with the volume way up so they can hear the porn but they can't see it. Maybe the dominant is sitting with your feet dangling, right, in front of their face. Well, maybe they're talking to themselves, but the long day it's been and how sweaty or smelly their feet must be and how nice it is to get them out of those shoes. My third blend of intentions is usefulness, feeling useful, but also dehumanization is happening also. So my first one is telling, their com- telling them that they're a comfy little footstool. My second one is fucking them just to get you off, like a masturbation sleeve or a dildo. And the last one is making them kneel beside you with their mouth open to catch the ashes of your cigarette. So this next section is called releasing shame. So often a huge obstacle in not asking for what you want is because you're anticipating a negative reaction right some people hold judgments for themselves surrounding their desires that can stem from anything from past experiences with disclosing internalized phobias like fear or rejection or conservative or religious upbringing you know just to name a few The first step is knowing that it's perfectly reasonable to be nervous about talking about your taboo desires, saying them out loud, considering how much sex-negative messaging we we receive from lots of sources on an ongoing basis. So something you can do to normalize language and ideas about kink is to surround yourself with sources that talk openly and without judgment, like listening to sex-positive podcasts, like this one, following kink positive social media accounts or taking classes on kink or sex education. In my experience it's much easier to front load these conversations as much as possible versus trying to suddenly have a conversation about taboo desires in an already established relationship when you're not used to talking about these things. For instance you know putting that you're kinky in the bio of your dating app or developing a routine on the second or third date, for example, in which you have a disclosure conversation. This could be communicating a list of specific information about yourself, like your core kinks, um, your relationship style preference, or your STI status even. It's helpful to frame these talks as conversations that go both ways. This is equally an opportunity for the other person to disclose as well. It's an exchange of information. That's all. If you're in the former situation, however, a great way to gauge how an established partner is going to react with your personal kinky information is by bringing up similar topics you saw or heard from a third party. So do a bit of research and tell your partner about a podcast episode you listened to or an article you read. If they seem open, you know, take it a step further, ask them if they'd like to listen to the episode or read the article. Understandably, situations like these are high stakes because you are risking rejection from someone you love and don't want to lose, right? I would let them know that you're feeling anxious about judgment surrounding your desires, and you'd like to talk about it. Give them the opportunity to surprise you. You never know, they might be game, even if they're not necessarily into the activity or using the language that you'd like them to use. They might be interested in helping you feel the way you want to feel right? Which is why talking about the motivations and intentions of your kink can be an important component. Asking them if they have things they haven't told you, and would like to try could be another important component to this conversation. Like I mentioned before, so if you've been holding on to some things due to fear, and you're not in the habit of talking about sex, odds are that they might be doing the same thing. Approaching these talks like a two-way conversations rather than one person that has to drop a bomb on the other can be, be a much better way to frame things. If they try, okay, say you tell them what you want to be called in bed, you tell them all the dirty talk that you'd like to hear. If they try and they're ultimately not interested in engaging with you on this, there still might be options beyond hiding or suppressing your true desires, right? Partners in established relationships have the advantage of loving each other and wanting them to be happy. So sometimes, even in a monogamous couple, there can be room to explore kink with a professional, either virtually or in person, or kink, you know, specific kink activities with other people. So I want to ask the class if anyone has struggled with disclosing dirty talk to a partner. How did you problem solve? How did you compromise? How did you remain compassionate, understanding, and non-judgmental? The Bedpost Podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com. But one of my favorite things to do is to go to their Instagram events page and see what they've got going on. Scrolling through here, Threesome Fridays, Sexy Plus Size Play Party, Buy Pleasure Party, and Fetish Fantasy hosted by Empress. If anything looks interesting and you wanna check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. Okay, this section is called beginning, middle, and end. Oftentimes we want different dirty talk depending on what part of the scene we're on. So when we think of the basic beginning, middle, and end format, of a kink scene, let's talk about what we might want to hear or say and why in those sections. So once again, it's alright to not have answers locked and loaded for these questions. Ideally, they function as thought provokers, conversation starters, or journal entries to discuss or explore at a later date. So let's look at the beginning of the scene first. During the beginning of a scene, several things can be happening, right? Perhaps we're making a switch into our play personas. Taking the time to drop into our bodies, create atmosphere. Perhaps we're setting up a roleplay p- premise. We're warming up or we're getting each other in the mood. Some negotiation questions to consider. What words, names or phrases help you drop into your body? Feel relaxed, safe, grounded. What words, names, or phrases could help us establish our DS roles if we're doing that? What words, names, phrases could help set up our role play narrative? So if we look at the middle or the main part of the scene, this is where we're spending the most time. So this part of the scene could mean enduring pain, sustaining overstem, accessing total surrender or simply just doing your favorite of the activities that you'd planned on doing. We often want to feel encouraged during this time, but this can look very different depending on the energy or mood of the scene. Things we might want to consider during the middle part. What words, names, or phrases might help you endure, sustain, or let go? How might this change based on the mood? For example, it could be more sensual or clinical or condescending. Or playful or objectifying anything from take it bitch to good boy to it's just going to be a bit longer ma'am and then the end the end part of a scene could mean an orgasm it could mean a cool down or a climax of intensity depending on how you both like to finish scenes you might want to ask what could I say to get you to the edge or over the edge Do you desire getting permission and what might that allowance look like? How might the dirty talk change here? Does it get more intense? Does the tone tone change the volume? Next, um, this section is called experimenting with dirty talk. Something that's relatively common is that people know they like dirty talk, but don't know exactly what they want said or they don't know what the other person likes either that or they know what they want, but are shameful or nervous to ask what they want. In this case, what usually happens is that the couple tries out a few things during sex or during a kink scene, and they take note of what they enjoyed. Either you are free to say so in the moment, or sometimes a signal is used for a yes or no, like a tap on the arm or a nod of the head. Or afterwards, you can ask questions like, what were your favorite things I said? From this, the person is free to try and try more names or words along those lines. This way, there can be a learning curve of finding what each other likes, perhaps working up in intensity or taboo-ness. What did you like when I said that? Or why did you like it when I said that? Can also be a valuable question to figuring out other options. This next section is called improvising laterally. I use this term when you've gathered some information as to what your partner wants to do or hear but you'd also like freedom in the moment to play as well. So both of you understand that with improvising or experimenting you may find things you enjoy but also there may be some misses and that's okay. If this is the case, I would recommend using language that feels on par with what they already enjoy, as opposed to a sharp increase in intensity or big difference in intention. So if improvising in the moment feels too risky, then a great exercise could be taking a word that they like being called and both coming up with equivalents beforehand. Grab your thesaurus if you like. So for instance, let's try with the word slut. What are some other words that mean slut? My list says whore, harlot, tramp, hussy, hooker, skank, slag, tart, trollop, nympho. So if you're both coming up with you know, either together or separate lists, were your lists similar or different? Did any new faves emerge? Any thoughts on why some don't resonate versus the ones that do? Any interesting reference points come up. Another way to improvise laterally would be to use a word that they already enjoy being called and then to add other words, prefixes, or suffixes to it. So for this we're not escalating or bringing a new intention but if we're using SLUT again it might be um, to your advantage to just, like, say what kind of slut. So I have my slut. You know, that already feels a bit different. Come slut. Butt slut. Cock slut. Man slut. Use it as a verb. Slutty. Adjective. Slutting. Slutted. Sluttish. Does the main word feel enhanced by any of these or diluted? This next section is called escalating. So alternatively, an escalation versus a lateral move might be what is desired. Perhaps we want to start with a name or word that feels more neutral. And then as the scene goes on, the intensity is turned up or you wish to bring in other intentionality. You could either negotiate the specifics of what you'd like to feel and how you'd like the intention to change or for people who aren't as picky, it might be more helpful to talk about what is off-limits. For instance, is there anything I could call you that you wouldn't enjoy? With verbal escalations, it's extra, it's extra important to have a safe word in place to adjust if needed. For example, a yellow. Escalations might look like, so if we're using slut still, stupid slut or dumb slut, Disgusting slut, useless slut, (laughs) irredeemable slut, messy slut. So a couple questions for the class. Has anyone ever had experiences where dirty talk was escalated in a bad way or a way that didn't feel good? How about in a good way? If either applies, how did you let the other person know or did you let them know? How did you let them know? Did you ask for an adjustment during or did you wait till afterwards? Did you wait until the next time it came up to say something? Did they notice your reaction if they think about it? Did they notice that you didn't like what they said? If they did notice, did they inquire about it and how did they did that? If you never let them know, okay, whether it was good or bad, about dirty talk, if you just, you know, didn't let them know, why not? And how did it feel to not let them know? Did it come out later? How did it feel to come out later? The next section is called embodiment. So another way to explore dirty talk is to listen how your body is reacting to certain words, names, or phrases. Words can give our bodies reactions that can be anywhere from feeling like blood rushing to our genitals to feeling tightness in the chest or throat to an unsettled stomach or like butterflies feeling to making our mouths water to giving us goosebumps or shiver to feeling our muscles suddenly engaging to settle changes in our jaw tension and a- anything in, in between. One way to explore dirty talk and, in an embodied way is to do this two-part exercise. So part one is creating a list or a chart of all the dirty words, names, or phrases that you can think of. This part could be done alone or with the partner you're going to play with. It could even be done with a group, and unrelated, you know, group of people, group of friends or something. It can happen anytime before your embodiment exercise such as earlier in the day or a day before, a week before, etc. So you could go online if you want. You could pull ideas from like sexy social media accounts or erotic fiction you enjoy, pornography, articles about kinks, wherever. Wine could be involved. You could take multiple days to create the list, adding things whenever you feel inspired or get an idea. So part two of this, once you're armed with your list, part two is going to happen when you and your play partner is alone. So to start dropping into your body, you could do a grounding exercise like syncing your breathing with each other or some eye gazing, you know, while this is happening, for instance, or doing a body scan, right? In fact, I usually start each session this way for this very reason. I want people to feel connected to and aware of what their bodies are feeling and aware of what their bodies are telling them so that they can then communicate that information to me, which is exactly what you're going to be doing with the list of words um, when the list of words is read to you. So listen and look at your partner when they're saying it. Then try closing your eyes and visualizing some context, perhaps, have them say the words with a couple different intentions or tones before moving on to the next word. It's best if discussion is safer after to stay in a state of embodiment, but confirming your reads of their body language is just as important as learning what dirty talk they like. So let's discuss some questions for afterwards. So maybe the top, the person that read, could ask, the other person, you know, I noticed an interesting reaction with this word. What was happening for you there? You seem to really enjoy hearing blank. Am I reading that correctly? I noticed that when I shift the intention of this word, you seem to respond. Care to elaborate? What were your favorites? What were your least favorites? What were you picturing when I said blank? Where did you feel blank blank? in your body? Where did you feel the words that you didn't like versus the ones that you did like? Did any words surprise you, either that you liked them or you didn't like hearing them? For the bottom person to ask, the person being read the words, they could ask the person uh, reading the top, did you notice the change in my body language from when I enjoyed a word versus disliked the dirty talk? Were there words that you like that I didn't? How did it feel for you to say blank? When did you notice the most positive reactions? Were there any patterns you saw? Were you able to notice reactions in your own body as well as you read the words? Which brings us to body language and nonverbal communication. Watching for body language, body language changes, can be a great way to receive feedback on whether or not your dirty talk is landing, right? Things you can look out for are a release of tension, for example, the jaw, smiling, eyes rolling back, nodding, arching the back, leaning in towards you rather than away, pulling you closer maybe, um, an open posture to name a few. So these combined with sounds like moaning or purring can be a pretty good indicator that they are enjoying what you're saying. I say pretty good because all nonverbal communication can be misinterpreted, misinterpreted. And what will help confirm is checking in after. So perhaps they're responding to, you know, something else rather than what you're saying, for example, like the touch that's happening or something they're picturing in their head. Any old thing. Perhaps what you perceive as a pleasure pose is actually uncomfortable for them. And why I say help confirm rather than confirm is because not everyone says exactly how they feel, even when being asked, even when checking in. So I'll elaborate on that quickly. Some of the most common questions new dominants ask me about like body language stuff are um, like, how do you know when they're enjoying it versus like, how do you know when they're not or when they've reached their limit on something that they're they are enjoying. So the truth is that you can never know for sure, even if they are confirming it during or afterwards during the check in. Because guess what, people omit information, especially if it's vulnerable um, for all sorts of reasons, Right. People can take lots of time to process their feelings about activities. People can have multiple feelings about one activity or a word, or they can feel differently depending on the day. People can get stuck in people-pleasing patterns, right? People can get surprised by a trigger and, and, you know, not even realize when one has happened until way later. Does that mean that body language and checking in about, um, about it is completely unreliable or unvaluable. No. It just means that consent, pleasure, and pain are extremely nuanced and people express themselves and communicate in unique and deeply personal ways. This is why I don't believe the myth that like a good dom should know, you know, how to read their sub or how to press their buttons, stuff like that. Rather, I like to think that a, that good doms want to know more. They shouldn't know. They should want to know more, always want to know more. This perspective can help us approach body language as a tool to support the other tools on a tool belt, right, rather than something super isolated and definitive. The important part with exploration is creating an environment in which a no is welcome, supported, and even encouraged. And by doing the work of asking, watching, listening, checking in, and learning, we can create a risk-aware, harm-reduction approach to kink exploration and experimentation. This half-hour recap's getting long, people, but a couple more pages. (laughs) So, which brings us to an easy hack I like to call listening and repeating. So say your new play partner tells you that they like dirty talk, but you don't know the first place to start. And perhaps negotiation didn't get you anywhere, right? Well, oftentimes, people that like receiving dirty talk are very helpful in directing you in the moment, And if you're open to it and um, you're ready to respond. If you listen, they sometimes spoon feed you exactly what they want to hear. It can sound like a peel. Call me blank or tell me blank. Or a question. Am I a blank? In which case, all you have to do is agree. Yes, you are a blank. (laughs) In this case, you can keep repeating the same thing with like slightly different phrasing. Most people don't mind hearing the same thing again and again. And that's, we're, we're often, I think, um, we like, we're very narrow in our interests, right? So we're not going to get bored if you keep just saying the same thing. You can improvise laterally, like we discussed before, experimenting with escalating or using different word pairings. You can ask them or tell them to say it back to you, right? If you're lucky, they might just continue talking also. They might give you more options. So repeat that back also and more importantly write it down for next time you can all do this you can also do this with intentionality you know um intentionally with the partner if your bottom wants to take the lead on cueing you or telling you exactly what they want to hear in the moment then just tell them to do so and they probably will be happy to all you have to do is be ready when the time comes and then repeat back whatever they're setting you up for easy peasy Another option is setting up protocol. So again, per- perhaps you're not the most verbose top. Uh, but di- dirty talk is something you'd like to incorporate into your scenes. Sometimes an easy way into this is to set up some sort of dirty talk protocol. For instance, every time you ask your submissive a question, they respond with they respond with yes or no um, and you're honorific. So mistress maybe yes or yes mistress, no mistress. Anytime you hit them, they say thank you, mistress. Anytime you tug on their collar, they say a tongue twister, literally whatever you want. Every time I do this, you do this, right? Another thing is uh, asking questions. So along the same lines, some tops aren't so verbally inclined and their bottoms are. So asking questions in the moment can also be a great way to find out the right thing to say. Ask the bottom what they're picturing in their head right? When you're doing something to them, what are they picturing in their head? Ask the bottom what they really wish was happening right now. It can often give you an idea of what their internal narrative is, right? You can get them to fill in the blanks. You're my, you're my little what? You're my good little what? And then they respond. You just say, that's right. This is one I teach in my role play class. You can also ask questions in the context of role playing, and often the bottom will give you some cool, fun, interesting information to riff off of. So, you know, depending on the role play, you could say, Explain to me what happened in your own words, right? Tell me your side of the story first. Why do you think you're here? Now, tell me what seems to be the problem. Have you been experiencing any symptoms? So all of these questions are putting um, putting the the onus on the submissive to supply some information, and then you can go forward with what they uh, what they what creative offer they put out there. This next section is called narration. So sometimes narrating what you're doing as you're doing it is literally all that's needed. This can be really effective for people who enjoy visualizing what's happening. It can help them picture what they look like from your perspective, for instance, especially if folks like watching porn videos or enjoy picturing visuals in their head when they self-pleasure. This technique can lend itself to role plays in which one person is being taught, shown, or guided through a kinky activity, like a doctor explaining a procedure while they're doing it, or a teacher guiding a student through an exercise. This can also be a great choice for tops or dominants who have trouble thinking of what to say because the script is right in front of them. This is the present choice. okay? But you can also take this idea into the past, like past, present, future, right? You can do past uh, or future as well by talking about what you're going to do to them. And then talking about what you did to them as well. So if we look at past, present, future, it's like talk about what you're going to do to them, then talk about what you're doing as you're doing it, and then talk about what you just did to them. So I asked the class, has anyone had any experiences with narration, dirty talk? Did it feel easier or more difficult than the other dirty talk they've done? And then the last section, okay, aftercare and checking in afterwards. Even when it seems like our scene partner really enjoyed what we were saying in the moment, it's always a good idea to confirm these suspicions. This information will not only come in handy the next time you play with this specific partner, but also it can help you hone your reading skills in general for uh, play with future or other partners. If there are things that they feel passionately about, it might be a good idea to write it down, especially if you play infrequently, right? You want to remember next time. Some great questions to ask afterwards are, what was your favorite thing that I called you? It seemed like you really enjoyed being called a blank. Was that true? Was what I said in the moment helpful or hindering or distracting? Did our dirty talk give you any ideas of other things you'd like to hear? Or were you like wishing I was going to say something and I didn't? Start with open-ended questions, and if they're struggling to articulate, move to questions that give them options, like we mentioned before. Kind of give them a multiple choice. Or like, you know, for example, like, did you like blank, or did you like blank better? Some types of dirty talk might require more aftercare than others, okay? Specifically ones that play with humiliation, objectification, past experiences, or lots of intensity. This could include soft or sensual touch, downtime together, chatting about the scene, food and water, a hot shower, or affirmation that the things you said in the scene, you know, were the fantasy that we were both creating, and that, in fact, they are, you know, beautiful or valued or important or special. It can be important for the top to hear that they did a good job, um, or reassurance that the bottom desired whatever dirty talk was requested as well so for final Q&A does anyone have any other questions about dirty talk and does anyone have any general questions about kink or pro-domination I usually leave like 10 minutes at the end just purely for questions so that's pretty much the class and uh, yeah I teach it in about an hour and a half so I'm going to do it all over again this was really great practice though um, and it definitely showed me that I've got enough material uh (laughs) because if we look at the time of this recap by the time we put in all the uh, interaction with everybody and discussion questions and skill sharing and all that this will be more than enough so i feel good about that hope you all enjoy this half hour recap half hour in quotes <laughs> and uh, we will see you next time so thank you so much for being my patreon members i really really appreciate it and uh, i hope you enjoy it's coming up on the old pra- patreon Love ya! Bye!